Hello and welcome to Mothers Matter podcast. I'm Claire Pay. We're straight in today because I have three guests, Lisa, Laura and Vicky. Um, they're all from different backgrounds and have different lives, obviously, but they what they have in common is that they're all so-called stay-at-home mothers in that they don't do paid work outside the home and they are primarily involved with raising their children, apart from doing lots of other voluntary work as well. Um, what they do have in common is that they have all set up local groups for Mothers at Home Matter with other mothers in the area who are at home full time. So this podcast, in this podcast, we discuss uh, what they do all day, um, how they find staying at home, how they've had to shift things around financially. So I hope it will be a, a real encouragement to those of you who are at home full time or for those who are thinking about it, um, that it will give you an insight into what life is like uh, when you uh, give up work to look after your children. Well, Lisa, thank you so much for taking time to talk with me today about being um, a stay-at-home mother. I hate that phrase. Do you have a better phrase for it than stay-at-home mother? Um, I, I go in stages. Sometimes I like it. Sometimes I, I want to tell everybody that's what I am. And other times I, I say I just work at home. Um, I, yeah, it's it depends on my mood. And I think sometimes it depends on who I'm talking to. If I feel like I have to make a point, then it changes slightly. Yes, it does. It does become very um, long if you try and get around it. I sometimes talk about being an available mother or someone who is primarily caring for my children at home. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, stay at home is such a sort of neutral slightly negative connotation isn't it it's like the main factor of your life is that you're not leaving the house ever yes yeah and uh, I, I think I have used terms like um fundamental supporter of the circle of life and things like that when I felt particularly uncomfortable or feel like I, this this person needs a point to be made about this um, yes yes I know it, it is tricky anyway anyway so thank you for talking to me about it um so can we just run through what did you do before um children what did you do before you stayed at home <laughs> um I was a librarian at uh, a further education college um, when I had my first child yeah um, and I'd worked in libraries for about 12 years before that as well so how did you decide to did were you thinking you would go back to work or did you always think you'd stay uh, stay at home I wanted we well we talked about it quite openly between me and my husband about what kind of family we wanted um we talked about trying to do working round um childcare kind of so that um maybe sort of evening work maybe weekend work um when I first had my daughter I did one day a week in my original job um and I did that for a year um and that was quite hard even leaving her with my parents for just a day um but then my second child um came along and I decided that actually I do, I do want that extra day with them and I don't think my parents would have coped with two um uh, two small ones so um we decided that I would stop um working there um I got a, a kind of Christmas job on a Sunday um but that 
again, that was like a family day and you, mm. you can't do anything. So it's like, no, we want that. That family time means more to us than than having more money. Um, and I think it, it's it's gone a bit cyclical along that route. But fundamentally, I we always come back to no family time is more important. Um, I had a stint as a job for a while working weekends at the same place my husband works um, because that way the flexible working, if he got called in to work, they would send me home. Um, all right. Yeah. And that everyone knew where they stood and it was all very lovely. Um, but then you start to feel like the housekeeper because I drop the children off. I'm on my own all day. I pick the children up. They're at home at the weekend. He's at home at the weekend, but I go to work. Mm. Um, and you were like, no, this is this is not the family that we want. We've got no time together. Um, and we're big advocates of just walking in the park, find the woods, go to the beach. You know, it doesn't have to be anything financially splendid. It's just together time. So, yeah, we just ended up doing a lot of to that. That just became the priority. Yeah. And how old are your children now? One is 11, one is nine and one is six. Brilliant. So have you, looking back, are you pleased with the decision you made to to um, sort of focus on the children rather than carry on with your career? Yes. I do miss my career. Um, mm -hmm. I miss um, being that person that everyone goes to and says, oh, you know, Lisa will know that. Just just ask Lisa. She'll know. It's, it, and it's a, it's a rather lovely position to be in. Um, yeah. But I wouldn't now want to have done that instead of being at home with my children. Yes. 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 I, I think there are things that you miss about work. And one of them is sort of feeling competent. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Uh, uh, having people respect you. <laughs> well, this is it. And, and uh, yeah, it's um, I always yeah, you sometimes feel when you say even when you say you're a, you're a, you, you stay at home mum, you're sort of, oh, yes, but I used to be a librarian. And, I, you know, there was teaching in that. And you're kind of grasping to get someone to to kind of respect your position um, in that way. Um, yes, I know people, I think people often think that mothers have never done anything before and will never do anything again if they're stay at home. But actually, it's it's really quite a short time that, that you might be at home full time. It is, it is. And as with everything with parenthood, it just, just when you think you have got to grips and you, you, you've got both feet on the ground and you know what you're doing and every child is in the position they want to be in, and suddenly, no, that's not going to stay. There's something new comes along and you've got to adjust and you've mm. got to adapt. And then you just get that sorted. And and I find that, especially having three, there's always something with someone. <laughs> yeah. So you you can't, you it's not a relaxed, it's not, it's not the relaxing position that everyone seems to assume being at home mm. is. Because there's just something. There's always something, and it never change. It never stops. It's always changing. Yes, because with your um, eleven-year-old who's at secondary now, do you? I mean, I think before you have children, you think, oh, secondary, they'll just be doing everything themselves. They'll be fine. But uh, do you find that it's valuable being at home for her? I do, um, and I don't drive. And our school, the primary school, is two miles away. So I will walk them to school most days, come home, then walk back and pick them up and walk home. And that time is so precious to me 
we do all the, oh, my day was horrible because this person took my pencil and it just totally ruined my day. And they they come out of school and there's a, there's a slump face and you can talk about it. Or they come out brandishing this piece of paper where they've, they've got, the, you know, all their maths questions correct. And they're so thrilled and they can't wait to see you with that. And you talk about that all the way home. Um, and I find that even though my daughter now walks herself to school most days and walks herself back, she still needs to unload when we when she gets home. And I just think if I was at work and you wouldn't get that because by the time I got home, she would have kind of worked her own mind around it and you would have probably never know all those things were going on. And um, so, yeah, I, I do find that, you're you're still needed and at that time as well for, for us in, in our unit I find that we still need that connection that after school connection yes I think they say they say with um, particularly with older children and when they become teenagers that they will not talk to you all the time but there's a short window when they will mm. in the day or as you say with a certain issue and uh, that's why I quite like the term available because I like to be around, you know, I'm not sort of with my teenagers, both at, my children, both at secondary, I'm not hovering, waiting, <laughs> waiting for them to come to me, but I'm available anytime yeah. they wanted to. And actually my daughter's very, she's 15 and she's very much into sort of time management herself. So like when she gets home, she wants to go on the screen, but over dinner, she likes to talk and she sometimes says, I'll tell you later. <laughs> I say, yeah. I think. she said and there's a slot an acceptable slot when we can talk but but um you know sometimes we have uh, I'd quite like it if we could talk when she got home from school but she doesn't want to do it then she she has her own timing or just when I'm saying good night as well we'll start yes. <laughs> <laughs> when the end is in sight the end's not quite so much in sight with older children you know when they're toddlers just bedtime you you know you're you're minutes away from being able to relax yes. and then something happens. But with teenagers, you know, you have much more time in the day to do things and then the evenings are busy because stuff is happening. Yeah, I can imagine. It's Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's – and it, I think you're right. It is that being available and I think that that is – that availability is is what is important. It's – and like you say, you know, it, it, parenthood evolves as the child – grows and you have to go with that um and yeah and I, I think it, it just because they're at school doesn't suddenly mean that you should be going out to work, like your job is done now that the school's taken over yes yes so um would you describe a typical day for me so a lot of it spent walking to school and back <laughs> yes yeah, so I'm, what I'm usually up between sort of five and half five Mm -hmm. um, just so that I can have a cup of tea while everyone is still asleep. Um, and then about six o'clock, everyone starts to emerge and I start putting all the lights on and rallying everyone around to try and get up. Um, it's not it's not normally too chaotic in the mornings because you know, it's, we just I try and follow the same routine every day. Um and it's just the whole getting to getting to school. So we, we have to leave about half seven in the morning um, um, to walk to school because we have to talk to snails and decide what type of snail it is and talk to all the cats and and all these things. Um, so I shall get them to school and then I shall walk home. And I don't normally get home till about half past nine. 
Gosh, um, that's a long, a long round trip, isn't it? Then two hours. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, yeah, it does take almost, you know about two hours out of that each way. You know, each each time, um, and then I shall come home and think about what they're going to have for dinner and whether I can cook it in advance. Um, laundry, um, gardening. You know, that's coming to an end, so that time is freed up doing other things. Um, and then my husband's working from home at the moment, so I'm trying to help him sort out lunch and things because he can't always get away from his computer. Um, and then by about one o'clock, you've done housework and prep cooking. Um, and then you're starting to think, well, actually, I should have to go in about an hour. <laughs> so, so you kind of, you, you, you know, you, you forget what it feels like to sit on your settee because mm. it just doesn't happen. And then, yeah, and then you, I'm back up to the school and ready for three o'clock and then we walk home. And then by the time we get home, that you need to start cooking dinner or warming up the dinner because um, they've just walked a two mile after a day at school. So they are absolutely famished when they mm. get in. Um, and then what um, we did invent when <laughs> they were small was a six o'clock kind of curfew where you have calm down time in your room. Now, I have to be very clear with my children that you don't have to go to bed at six o'clock in the evening, especially now they're getting older. Um, but we 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 have sort of six till sort of half seven where it's sort of drawing or reading or Lego, those kind of non-aggressive sitting down activities. And then they go to bed at eight. Um, and then I cook for my husband because at the moment, especially with COVID, he's doing extra hours. So we don't eat till about half past seven. So I cook the second meal at <laughs> half seven and then we sit down for about half an hour and then we're just like, no, it's, I'm too tired now. It's bedtime. I can't, I can't keep my eyes open any longer. And during term time, that is pretty much cyclical through most of the days. Yeah. So you have a sort of net, I always think of it in terms of net time. So you have like 9.30 till 2.30 or so in yeah, the day yeah. Yeah, to, to do everything else. To, to get <laughs> everything in. Um, yeah. yeah. Or if I have to do some top up shopping, I have to walk to the, the supermarket and then to the school. So I have to leave sort of about half one to allow myself time to get around the supermarket and then get across to the school. Right. And then you carry all the shopping yes. all the way to school and back. Yeah. You must be very fit. I, well, I've got a very sore shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. So, it, I mean, what happens when they're having their calming down time? Do you get involved with them then? That's usually you... where I um, I will do their listening to their reading and updating their school logbooks with, with the reading. Um, sometimes my daughter's discovered she needs to tidy a drawer and she wants to know what to keep and all these kind of things. So you get involved with that or she's now got homework. So, you know, she's asking questions about that at that time. Um, or it's just tidying up from their tea time, getting ready for our dinner time. It's, it's, it's not a sit down time. It's not calm for me in that sense. No. It's, it's for them. Yeah. What do you enjoy most then about being being able to be at home? It is being with them, really, and getting to know them, um, getting to understand their different personalities, and and it, it is just being with them. And I just 
Uh, you know, I mean, families are these mini organizations that where no one, no one organization runs exactly the same as the other one. And and I think for us, they they go to a breakfast club occasionally at the school. Um, but they don't they like it, but they'd rather we walked together, that we had that together time. I mean, you know, it's so it is definitely just just being there with them really that's yeah I, I do consider it a kind of privileged position that we can manipulate our family in that way to, to, to accommodate what we wanted to do um but it is it is just the being with them it's, it's just the, the thought for us that we would have children and then someone else would get to see them most of the day just for us just was kind of horrific really is we've never done apart you know sort of paid for early childcare when they're ready at three and they need that socializing they've they've done sort of nursery and play groups and we've done sure start groups together um that kind of thing when they were around um but definitely um it's just you can't underestimate just how wonderful it is just to just to be able to be with the children yes yeah it is and and I always um look at life from the the perspective of looking back at it and thinking you know time's so short and before you know it they they leave home or they're off and I never want to think I've missed any anything that I could have been there for yeah and it's and being there for the nativities and, and the assemblies and that kind of thing um and even with lockdown Oh my goodness! I my differentiation skills became immense during that time, <laughs> moving from a five-year-old that's just started school to the, to a seven-year-old that's trying to get to grips with just concentrating on just doing work, and then my daughter that was just like, "How am I ever going to get to secondary school when I'm sitting here?" and just <laughs> oh, it was just chaos. But it, again, looking back, it was just so lovely that we had that we were in a position where we could just go, okay, so school's at home now, and I'm now a teacher between nine and twelve, and we organised our day that the morning was still school and the afternoon was was your play time, mm. and we just got into this beautiful routine of it being so intense and stressful but so lovely. Um, of trying to play teacher in the morning and then being able to do sort of fun stuff and sneak in some of those educational activities in the afternoon that they didn't really realise they were learning stuff. Mm, mm. I think that's one thing. When the lockdown happened, suddenly the mothers who are at home full-time anyway were uh, doing quite well. <laughs> because, <laughs> you know, they, I mean, I, my life became more complicated because there are things that I do at home during the day that uh, and uh, bits of work and, and other things I do that suddenly became very difficult to, to get done. But, you know, it wasn't like the whole thing of trying to do paid work, uh, you know, a lot of paid work or full mm. working day. Um, so that, yes, I thought, oh, our time has come. Yes. <laughs> we, are, <laughs> we are being valued at last. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think like teachers got more recognition with all the mums on telly. So I was saying, I don't know how the teachers do it with 30 children every day. Yes. And, yeah. and, you know, parents realising that, that, when you stay at home, it's it's just different. It's not easier. It's not mm. more lovely. It's just different, um, and it's 
it's hard in different ways to be at home all the time. And I think parents that found they were sort of spending uh, being at home all that time realised that actually it isn't just coffee and cake all day. It's it is a job. It is responsibility. Yes, I think I think there was one issue where um, I think people thought just being in the house counted as looking after children. Yes. So you had people trying to do full time work, or their bosses getting them to do full time work. When actually they, you know, the children. I, the alternative, obviously, is screen. So they just go on the screen. If uh, well, mine do anyway. If I'm not, well, my daughter's better now, but my son, you know, you have to offer a valid alternative to a screen. Yes. Otherwise, that's his. That's his <laughs> default. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Um, so what do you find hardest, do you think, about uh, being at home full time? It's the sameness in one sense of just knowing, well, today I've washed up and I've done laundry and tomorrow I shall probably wash up and do laundry. And, and, and those elements of it um, are quite hard. Um, and also... At, other people's judgments were what was really hard to deal with. Um, and people's kind of passive aggressiveness about it with, um, oh, we well, you know you, you know, you don't have to worry about that because you don't go to work and you can stay at home. And, oh, well, you won't understand this issue. Well, yes, I do. Um, mm. And that, and people kind of saying to you, oh, could you help me with this? Because, they just assume that you kind of go home and put your feet up till half past two and then head off out. Um, and yeah, that, that, that judgment that people either don't, I mean, some people were just direct about it. Um, but yeah, you, you have to kind of develop a, a confidence about your position. Um, and that, that takes time. Yeah. I think it is difficult because people think if you aren't paid to do something, whatever you're doing is of no value. And yes. uh, obviously you're not paid to look after your children. In fact, you pay quite a lot to look after your children because you pay your whole salary to look after yes. them. Yes. <laughs> and, and it's funny because I, I started doing volunteering work during term time, one day a week, and where it's one morning really. Um, and again, we, we've had my husband and I have had some quite deep philosophical discussions about whether I'm allowed to say I'm at work because mm. I volunteer because I don't get paid and then that cascades into the well you work 24 7 at home and you don't get paid and now you've developed a confidence in saying that is work so it's yeah so like like you said that that whole not being paid thing is is a real value that other people attribute to, to work it's you know what work yeah. is I was thinking the other day because I do a little bit of paid work but and a few things that I do and I said oh I can't do that tomorrow because I have a deadline and the deadline uh, deadline was something like I need to do the shopping yes. <laughs> <laughs> I needed to get the shopping done by a certain time but I thought well that's a deadline that's a deadline as well oh it is <laughs> and it all requires organization it's I mean the the you know people I don't think people realise just how how organised you have to be when mm. you're at home to make sure you do everything. It's, yes, yes. I think pottering should be an official activity. Yeah, quite. Yeah. <laughs> just relocating things around the house to where I, they should be. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, you, that should be allowed to be on your list of jobs for the day. Yes. Is, yeah. Or just stand in a room and not think about all the things that need to be done with this room. It's yes. <laughs> Indeed. Um, 
And uh, what? how did you manage the finances then? Did you have to change what you were spending or do a different budget or something? How have you managed to cope with just it's, the one salary? It's There have been difficult times. There have been harder times and there have been easier times. Um, what helped was when I haven't worked outside the home, um, it has freed up my husband to be a yes man at work. Mm. So, you know, can you stay late? Can you come in early? Can you change your shift? He can just say yes to. Um, and that's done very well for him um, at work. And he's been able to get promotions through work. Um, and even sort of the ratio of even if I did go out to, and get a job, the amount of work I would have to do to then get the same amount he'd get for a very short space of time because he's now got those promotions. It was kind of like, well, it's not really worth it unless it's something you really want to do for you. In terms of money, it's easier for him to work a few extra hours and not me work all weekend. Um, but we have had difficult times where my son was two weeks old and he got made redundant. Mm. Um, luckily I was still at work and I had um, that maternity pay I was working at that time I hadn't stopped working at um, at part-time so that helped but it's just organisation really and things like when people say oh if you started Christmas shopping and you kind of say well I never really stop (laughs) <laughs> it's <laughs> I've got a big space under my bed and if I'm doing my shopping and the Lego it's like oh my goodness that Lego's half price right that will go under the bed and um sort of you're walking around town and you suddenly go oh that toy shop's got a sale quick maybe I can grab a few things and so it's it's a lot of budgeting and a lot of organizing and just paying attention really to what you need versus what you want a lot of the time um but it can be done. It's, it's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's, it, yeah, as I say, it's, it's, it has, it fluctuates. And now the children are getting older, they want more expensive things. So you have to make it work a little bit harder. Um, we've kept ourselves to a one car family to help. Um, and we use the buses if we need to just, you know, uh, but otherwise we walk. And my children have never known any different than me walking. So travelling, they, they're quite used to just not asking to get the bus and pay for bus fare and things like that. Um, but, yeah, it's just you have to remain focused on it. You can't forget that you've got to think about it. Um and just suddenly sort of go out splend, you know, sort of go, oh, let's go away for the weekend. You know, those kind of things don't really happen. Do your children do any sports or any sort of evening activities? They um, do cubs, guides, beavers, that kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, you have to, there's paying for those fees um, with that. Um, but then they don't do a lot else that we pay for in terms of those things but they do get involved in um those activities and they they really enjoy those kind of things i mean i'm a bit concerned that my son wants to learn how to light a fire just a bit too much Um, but he's thrilled that there's a badge for it so uh, (laughs) we'll see where that takes us um but uh, 
Yeah, they really like it. And I, I don't think they realise that it, a lot of the activities that you do with there are things that you don't necessarily need a lot of money to do. Things mm. like finding stuff in the woods and um, going on, you know, on adventure day things and finding new parks and nights, looking at the sky at night, all those kind of badges that they just so <laughs> incredibly obsessed about. Um <laughs> It's, so it's yeah for us it's a, they're, they're really good clubs um for the children to be involved in another thing that's quite cheap actually is the military that my daughter's in the air cadets and that's only 12 pounds a month so that is uh nice and cheap that's top tip <laughs> so yes. i think you know that the army would be the same the sea cadets or whatever they are um because they're trying to recruit them into the armed services but they they do things really cheaply and you hardly ever have to pay for anything so um, that's a good thing to move on to if they... Oh, I should they... bear that in mind. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Um, and just one more thing about meeting, making friends, because, you know, there are diminishing numbers. Well, they might be going back up again, but of mothers at home full time. Um, you know, that when our mothers were growing up, almost all women were at home full time when they had children. So they had natural groups. Whereas now, it's first of all, it's sort of a secret service because no one talks about it mm. people are very private and you don't want to sometimes don't want to ask what someone does in case they you know then ask you or something and it's just don't want to get into that um so how do you how do you make friends as a, a mother at home full time um, i well at the school there's um you get talking to people um and i have a lovely group of mums that i talk to at the school um and we talk every day up there that um, that some work, some don't. Um, some work full time, some work part time. But we're all just very comfortable that we're all doing what works for our families. And it's really and they understand that just because I don't go out to work doesn't mean I don't have stresses and stresses, you know, come at you during the day. Um, so there is that element. Um, I used to have uh, meet friends through the Sure Start centres. Um, I, I seem to have because uh, we moved quite a bit when my children were young and I seem to have got friends in all these sort of different pods of sure start pods around Kent um, but that was really good for that you really did get to get to see people and you bump into the same people at different clubs and different activities associated with that um, and that was a lovely thing um, but of course, they don't really exist anymore. So um, there isn't that connection there. Um, the latest thing um, I've done is because of volunteering, um, you're meeting people there and making friends that you work with um, through them. Um, so there's that. Um, but even so, it's still, it's it's hard. You have to really make an effort. And, and like you say, when you meet someone new, you might sort of chat to them, but then you're like, oh, do do I do I mention that I don't do anything else? And oh, at some point they're gonna ask me what I do. And it's it's it is hard because you don't know. It's it's such a political hot potato that it's yeah, you're never quite sure how fast it's gonna come along and how people are gonna <laughs> react to it and whether they're still gonna sort of say hello to you after you say <laughs> actually, yeah, I, I just I just go home after I've dropped everybody off. Well, Lisa, thank you very much for taking the time to talk about your life and sort of opening up about your your day to day and and how you're managing everything. With no, your and thank you for help raising the awareness of uh, 
Oh, you're welcome. Of what stay-at-home mums do. Yes, I know. What do you do inside your house when you disappear in after school run, (laughs) re-emerge? Yes, yeah. Potter, Potter. That's it, the pottering. That's going to stay with me, the pottering. (laughs) The pottering. (laughs) Official pottering time. (laughs) Okay, well, Laura, well, thank you very much for joining me to talk about being... Um, a mother at home full-time I always struggle with the name you know stay-at-home mother mother at yeah, home full-time um, can can you tell us a bit about uh, your life before you had your your daughter yeah I was um, I worked in the NHS and I'd worked for um, I think about maybe six years um, and studied to master's level and was kind of busy building my career um, I wouldn't say I was m- like hugely ambitious but I was quite happy with kind of where I'd got and I did a lot of extra hours and I worked very hard um and um I got married and very quickly um became pregnant with our little girl who's now three um and we're now pregnant with our with our second baby um as well um so life has changed a lot since then um but yeah I'd say that my you know I was quite career focused and I had no plans to kind of you know for that to change um I think I was prepared to go part-time working after I had children um but I was kind of fully intending to kind of get back into it as soon as I could you know after my year's maternity leave um kind of finished but nothing about motherhood really went to plan um (laughs) was what I expected really um and I think I was I just responded differently to maybe how I how I thought I would which was quite interesting (laughs) when did um things when did you start changing your mind about what you were going to do um well it was all um it was all quite spur of the moment and probably maybe brought on by the pandemic um, with things kind of changing with my role and my husband was able to work from home a lot more um, and we were buying a house uh, where, we, where we were living um, not too far away which fell through. Um, my partner's from Northern Ireland and we suddenly just started thinking why don't we move to Northern Ireland and live by the seaside and have a different way of life um, and it was quite spur of the moment really um, and it was brought on by the fact that I didn't really settle back at work after returning from maternity leave. So I, I went back and I worked for a year, I think exactly, <laughs> um, and just felt very like I had massive imposter syndrome and just felt like a fish out of water. Um, and I had I'd had difficulties with kind of splitting myself between being a mum and working and I felt very strange leaving my baby, my whole world with some strangers to look after. Um, and it was a very long process, her settling at nursery. And we did get through it eventually. But I think that year was the most difficult year, really. It was very difficult. And it was also difficult doing my job, I realised, within the hours that I was paid for. Because I think I was just used to doing probably an extra couple of hours a day, which seems mad now um but but yeah um I I think you know that it you know in in a way the pandemic just kind of spurred us on to want a different way of life and less stress and to slow things down which we've definitely managed which is good 
That's really good. And and so for that, yeah, what was your job in the NHS? I was a paediatric speech and language therapist. So um, I worked in clinic and in schools with young children. So did that make it hard in a way because you were dealing with children and then your child wasn't around? Was that? Do you think that was an issue? Yeah, kind of. And I think... Um, I think I realised also that, you know, some of the things that I was advising for parents, maybe um, it all sounded quite easy to say when I didn't have children. Um, But I was working with um, parents with children um, who were kind of around my child's age, maybe kind of twos and threes, um, who had, you know, some language difficulties or maybe they thought they had autism. and yeah, that became that became a little bit difficult because I realised that, you know, lots of children had have lots of different needs and some of the advice was quite simplistic. And um, I think I became to realise that parenting is kind of harder than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember one thing when my, my daughter was born, that um, hearing a statistic about language and that the more words a baby hears in the first year it, there's a, a sort of not the more intelligent but there's a link to the intelligence and the ability to communicate mm-hmm. uh, so I was constantly talking to my daughter because there's no one else to talk to so you're yeah. just constantly talking and I was really t- talking to myself but with her around and always always talking the same with my son you know just chatting yeah. chatting chatting which you know was if you're aware that that's important to know that your your child's in a setting where there isn't going to be someone talking to them quite as much it must be yeah. difficult yeah definitely yeah there is so much research about kind of early vocabulary development and how important that is for for lots of different things um and yeah I think it's been great that I've been able to have that time with her and her language was just you know, when you used to working with children who were delayed, I was completely baffled by the development of a normal child. I just could not believe how <laughs> clever she was. Um, <laughs> but she's very normal. Um, but yeah, you know, I was I was always quite um, aware that some of those early milestones might happen with a stranger that she might only see for like a few weeks of her life or a few months of her life. You know, the first steps and you know, the first time she says a certain word. Um, and I think I think that's just a stage of development, a stage of a child's life where it's just everything's new every day. And I'm really looking forward to with the second child having that time at home and being able to, yeah, see all of those moments and also help their development and, um, yeah, share it really. Yes, I've got a friend who, when she had, she had about four years between her children. And um, when she had her second child and she was on maternity leave with the second one, uh, she noticed she was then able to spend time with the older one as well. And she realised how um, mm. how much she was missing with the older one. I mean, she did go back to work anyway, but I think she she reduced her hours because she was just aware of what life is like when you're with your child all the time and how much you do miss if you're if you're not there definitely yeah Yeah. I mean even you know in the best nursery they quite often got you know they've maybe got six or eight or goodness knows I don't know exactly the ratios but you know they've got other children to care for so even if they're really child focused and they do lots of play and interaction um you know they're still you know haven't got that quality one-on-one time that you can give them 
Um, so I definitely, I do feel that, you know, she's got that benefit of that now. So when you decided to um, stop paid work, mm. did you, was that a, a quite a quick decision in the end or did it just take you a while to, to decide that? Yeah, um, it kind of felt like I needed to really change something for my own mental health. I was really struggling with kind of stress and anxiety at work. So um, I think once we made the decision to buy a house over here, um, I didn't even wait for the house sale to kind of go through. I just decided that I was just going to quit. And I think moving kind of made it a bit easier because I kind of felt like I had the kind of excuse of like, you know, we're going to a different country kind of. Um, So it kind of felt a bit easier. Um, But yeah, it was it was it was a fairly quick process. (laughs) Yes. And how have you found it um, uh, not not doing paid work outside the home? Um, I found it difficult in some ways, I guess, not having my own money to spend. Um, but luckily, my um, husband and I have, you know, always seen our finances as just, you know, joint. So, um, you know, he doesn't give me a kind of personal budget for, for things if I need to buy something for myself or my child um or a present for him um it's you know I just buy it it's not a it's not a discussion um and I still do most of like the food shopping and things like that um um, luckily you know we've not had any any problems there but I think just um at first I kind of felt a bit strange um you know buying things and it not being my personal account because I was used to kind of buying all the things for the children um, but but yeah, I think luckily my husband's very laid back about it, but I have met some of the mums who maybe don't have such a laid back experience and they feel like they have to justify things that they buy. Um, but um, but we've not had to make, you know, we've made cutbacks in, in our lifestyle, I guess, and we've made cutbacks to, you know, I, I probably buy a lot less frivolous things than I used to. But I think I've realised that, you know, you don't need to spend a lot of money or buy a lot of things to have a good life. Um, we buy a lot of secondhand, you know, toys and clothes and things like that um, that, you know, we're perfectly happy with. So it works well. Mm. And how did you find, because um, you were buying a house, were you able to buy it on one salary, on the affordability of one salary? Yeah, um, just my husband, um, when we first moved in together, my husband already had a house. So um, I would have been named on this mortgage had I have been working. But um, but yeah, the, the way the way we kind of managed to work it in the end that we were able to buy it on just his salary. So that felt slightly disappointing that like, you know, legally um, I don't have a mortgage or, a, you know, still, but we're married. So everything's kind of joint anyway. It doesn't really matter. Um, yeah. <laughs> You can you can still be named on the mortgage though, even if you don't, because I'm named on our mortgage, but I haven't ever contributed. Yeah, <laughs> no, I contributed, you know, to the first one we had when we first met, but um, we did the affordability based on one salary yeah. and the what we could borrow based on two salaries. I think is the way I, I worked out how much we could afford to pay back every yeah. month. But they gave, they were able to lend us more because. Um, uh, we could go slightly higher based on the one the one salary i think anyway mm. we you know i think that's the crucial thing on the affordability if you can set up your life on one Definitely. salary 
then it's much easier. Yeah. I think the way we'd worked it already since I'd gone back to work after mat leave, my salary covered childcare and then kind of like additional treats and, you know, things for the baby like clothes and toys and things like that. So, um, yeah, when we had the child, you know, when my salary dropped on mat leave, my husband, we'd already kind of rejigged our finances there. So um, it kind of made it kind of easy if we were just going to cut out one salary, but would also cut out a massive chunk of childcare. That was, it was a really big chunk of my salary. So it made it a bit easier. How do you um, meet people? Is it through the play group or um, other ways? I've made a couple of friends from a playgroup and we sometimes go for coffee. So one of the days that um, she's at playgroup, um, there's a couple of mums and sometimes we'll go for a coffee. And then the other day that she's at playgroup, I've started doing like an adult learning college course, doing pottery just for fun to have mm. some creative time, which is really nice. Um, I've not done anything like that for a long time. So it's really nice to have that part of yourself again and just have some quiet time on your own and chat to other people um i've also found um the local kind of church um or community playgroups really really useful they started back up a few months after we moved so i was able to go to a few a couple of them like before the summer and then they started back up in september um and i've made some mum friends there as well um, I've met a few mums on the Peanut app. I don't know whether you've heard of that one, but um, it's okay. quite good for kind of mum networking and finding people that are local with like the same age kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's good. And I think one thing is um, when your child's old enough to, you can, if you're volunteering, it's really good way of meeting people. I know I used to help do the local groups for the NCT. Oh, yeah. You do don't you do the Mother's Home Matter? Yeah, local yeah, I have. Um, that was actually a couple of mums that I met through the Peanut app. I just realised that a lot of the mums that I was meeting through these baby groups and the mums at Tots groups, we'd be friends for a brief period and then they'd all kind of wave me off and go back to work. Um, and our friendship group was rapidly kind of shrinking and just becoming babies again. And there was nobody with kind of older children and toddlers for my little girl to play with. So um, I met two mums who had also just moved to the area who were who had given up work and were planning to be stay at home mums. So I thought, great, there must be more of us if I could just find them. So the three of us have uh, kind of set up a mothers at home matter local group. Um, in Belfast and yeah there's three of us so far but I'm hoping that you know there might be other mums that will join um, and it's lovely we've had one Zoom meeting um, online which was so nice to just it felt almost like a staff meeting but obviously not a staff meeting <laughs> but you know where you could just have a have a chat and a catch up um, and talk without children climbing up you and demanding snacks and <laughs> And we're planning to have like a evening meal out um, before Christmas. And we've planned um, a couple of park meetups, which will be nice as well. So it's nice to kind of meet people that have got a similar kind of, you know, life set up as you. Uh, and, you know, they've got similar availabilities, I guess, as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it is lovely. Actually, that reminds me of meeting up with the... Um nct group mm -hmm. and you you just never finished a conversation because <laughs> you'd say you know two lines and then a child would come yeah. up and 
disturb you. You could never just get to the end of a conversation. It's, that would be it. And you had to really, I've got really good at truncated conversations <laughs> yeah. and going back to something from, you know, 20 minutes earlier. Say, so what did happen when you went? Yeah. <laughs> when whatever. And even, you know, with uh, the mother of teenagers, it's still something really nice about meeting up with mothers with the same age yeah. children as you, same stage that you, you know, the stage you're in is very focused I know if you have sort of four or six children you're always in a stage that you're yeah. in every stage at the same time <laughs> but when you have um, a few and they sort of trot on through it's it's nice to meet other Definitely. parents um, other mums who are who are um, actually most most mums by the time they're teenagers most are doing some sort of work either at home or or you know part-time but but you know still most people identify primarily as mothers and then their job second secondary yeah. Um, and uh, do you have any regrets about not working, any doing paid work? I hate not working because, you know, it's hard work looking after children, yeah. <laughs> doing paid work. Yeah, um, I mean, in some ways, you know, it was a really difficult decision to give up my career, but I feel like that doorway is always going to be there for me if I choose to go back into it. Um, so I don't regret it in, in such, but... Um, yeah, I don't, you know, I think being away from my family, I think is more kind of the bigger, the bigger decision in some ways. But, you know, everybody was so busy that we didn't actually get to see um, that many people. Everybody's got their own work mm. and their own, own children. So um, I find that we're actually having better quality time now in some ways. We make an effort to kind of video call and we've just had some family come over and visit, which was really lovely. So I don't regret it at all. Um I just hope that, you know, when I do choose to go back into the workplace, that I'm just hoping something will kind of inspire me or there'll be something locally that comes up that or an opportunity or, um, you know, or I'll get back into speech therapy. But um, I'm quite happy with how things are for the moment. And there's, I feel like there's lots of possibilities out there. Um, I'm always hearing about these, you know, women who you know, found this amazing opportunity or set up some amazing business. So, um, and I'm quite happy just kind of, you know, doing what I'm doing for now, but knowing that, you know, the, the opportunities are out there um, and who knows what will happen when the kids are a bit older. Mm. Yes. Um, and can you describe a typical day for me, your sort of timings, what time you're up, what what do you actually do in the day? <laughs> yeah, we, we all wake up about half past seven on the dot for some reason. And um, my husband usually kind of starts, um, he usually gets his work laptop kind of set up while I make breakfast. And then um, it's all quite relaxed. We usually kind of have breakfast, have a play. And then myself and my little girl usually have something to go to. This morning we had um, a gymnastics club that we go to that's like a mum and toddler, parent and toddler session. And then we went to our local church play group, um, which it was really nice. I think I had so many conversations with different parents this morning. I was actually quite exhausted by lunchtime. <laughs> um and then yeah we had lunch with my husband again um which we're really lucky that he just works upstairs so he doesn't have a big commute or anything he can just pop down for a meal um and then this afternoon we walked the dog um despite the rain and um chilled out and played some games and watched a bit of tally um 
So I do feel like there's slightly more cartoons than um, I anticipated just because I've hit that kind of exhausted pregnancy stage where I just feel like I want to nap <laughs> now. And unfortunately, <laughs> my child's not really a napper. So, um, but yeah, mm. we're quite happy to go with the flow. We tend to have a similar routine each week um, that I kind of set up. You know, we go to certain parks on certain days. So it's almost like we have a little routine um but we're happy to go with the flow we live about five minutes drive from a really nice beach as well so we quite often go for a nice beach beach walk in the afternoon which which is mm. lucky <laughs> <laughs> and what do you do about tea time and bedtime so my husband finishes work about four and then I usually start cooking tea or sometimes I've I've been clever enough to get something in the slow cooker and then um, we usually eat about five and then we usually kind of play and we usually have a disco. Um, I don't know why, but we, <laughs> my little one really likes dancing. And then, um, yeah, then we usually have supper about seven and bath and bed. And, and then, yeah, in the evening, my husband quite often will sit and watch a film together or something on Netflix. Um, I'm busy crocheting a couple of projects for Christmas. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, we don't tend to do much in the evenings yeah. these days. You know, I think life is a bit quieter yeah. and slower, partly pandemic and partly yes. just, you know, having children. <laughs> yes. Yeah. When are you due? Um, not till March. Um, so we've okay. got a little bit yeah. of time, but I'm aware that Christmas is going to make things go really quickly. <laughs> Yes, yes, that's right. Uh, and do you feel like you're busy in the day or do you feel like you're rushing between your daughter and cooking and washing up and cleaning and no, stuff? No, I think that's the thing that I really like to being at home now. Um, I felt like before when I was working, our day was constantly rushing around. And then the two days that I didn't work, it's it felt like a rush to try and fill, you know, do things in that time, you know, see our friends and our family maybe go to a class that I didn't have the opportunity to take her to um and I feel like now even though we have like a, a routine it's a lot more relaxed and easy and we can quite easily miss things that we don't fancy like like all the mums and tops groups there's no pressure to go they're usually one or two pounds and if we don't fancy it we can just stay at home um or if she's got mm. you know the cough or the snotty nose or whatever's going around we can just stay home um so life is a much slower pace and it usually revolves around you know getting some fresh air and walking the dog which is nice as well you, we used to just have a yes. dog walker and you know we didn't do all of those things together but I think it it just automatically slows down the pace of your life if you're kind of forced to have you know an hour or two outside together it's it's just really nice especially if the weather's good yeah that does help <laughs> would you be able to say what you enjoy most about being at home full-time yeah I, th I think just having the time um and not having to rush between places not getting up in the morning and thinking gosh it used to fill me with dread having to kind of do the nursery run and then get to work on time and wondering which you know appointments I had booked in and planning for the day um I feel like things are a lot more relaxed these days and a lot less stressful, um, which, yeah, must have, you know, it definitely has positive effects on me and my mental health. 
and I can see that in my little girl as well. She's a lot more kind of secure and happy than she used to be. She doesn't like being rushed about and bundled into the car. So it's, it's nice having that time together, definitely. I, I feel like having more time, you know, helps our family in lots of different ways, really. Well, Victoria, thank you very much for taking the time to um, speak with me today about being at home. Um, and I just want to ask you a bit about yourself. Like, what did you do before you had children? Yeah, before children. Let's think back to that. <laughs> it's only three years. Um, I worked um, in educational fundraising. So a bit okay. of a niche area. Started off working in universities, helping them to raise money from alumni. And then I moved into consulting from that. So really working with universities, museums, um, mainstream charities as well um, to help them with their major gift programs. Um, so doing training and um, coaching and helping them with campaigns and things. So it was a really fantastic job. I got to fly around the world, um, work with and support some of the most generous people in our society um, and help them kind of get what they wanted um, and achieve their goals as well as support some incredible organizations as well oh great and so did you enjoy it I loved it absolutely yeah. loved it um and yeah as I say it felt like a real privilege to both represent some organizations doing incredible work um but also to be able to work with the philanthropists on the other side of that and yes. kind of learn more about their motivations and help them as I said fulfill their goals quite often as families as well um, and working different cultures as well so I kind of fell into my speciality became working and fundraising outside of the UK and North America so I spent a lot of time in Asia um, where of course the customs very different a um, bit of time in the Middle East as well um, and other parts of Europe so yeah I, I just found that I was constantly learning um, and yeah it was, it was a fantastic job. Brilliant, brilliant. And so did you think that you would um, uh, give it up or stop mm. working when you had children? Yeah, it's interesting. Lots of my friends were surprised because they said, wow, you were so career driven. I said, well, I still am and I still will be. <laughs> um, but I was talking with my husband about this last night and I said, you know, did we ever actually sit down and have a conversation and say, are we going to have children? Um, will one of us stay at home? And I don't recall that really being a decision-making process. Um, and he was in agreement with this. And I think it was the first time I was in an office environment and a colleague went off on maternity leave and she came back to work after about 10 months. And I just remember going home that evening and saying to, he was then my boyfriend, now my husband, you know, oh, I don't know if I could leave a baby and go back to the office um at 10 months or ever really mm. I, I don't know and he was in agreement so it was more something I'm sure my own mum was a stay-at-home mum so I'm sure my own experience as a child was a big influence but I think it's more than that because you know my mum and I have taken very different paths in other ways in other areas for me it was just it's an instinct it's a I can't imagine being a mum and uh, without being there all the time mm. and without being that kind of primary caregiver for me that the two are kind of entwined um, in the same way as kind of breastfeeding is for me as well I can't imagine not breastfeeding in these early stages as well they're all kind of tangled up um, in a way mm. that I can't imagine separating and you know when it, when it comes to my career because I said friends said oh I, I didn't think you'd be one 
to stop <laughs> working and you know you're always jetting here there and everywhere and so well I'll, I will have that to go back to you know I'm in my early 30s and the way I look at it I think our generation will probably be working into our 70s for a pension um the way things <laughs> are going and you know I feel quite secure in my skill set um and what I have to offer the economy um that I feel that I can take this time off and I'm sure it's not going to be easy going back I'm under no illusions that there will be challenges around that but at the same time um yeah this is where I need to be right now and yeah I don't as I said I don't ever remember it being a decision making process or a challenging decision it was just something that that Mm. I felt yes yes Are are there things that you miss about work good question I think I it's different parts of my brain that I use now as a mum. I think it's a really big misconception about being a mum kind of full-time that people kind of say like, oh, I'd get bored or, you know, oh, I need that stimulation. You know, actually, you know, I'm <laughs> stimulated every day. Um, and so it's not that I kind of miss the intellectual stimulation because, you know, I'm constantly thinking how can I better myself as a parent? How can I help at the moment my toddler particular kind of meltdowns challenges I'm reading lots about childhood development so I am engaging that intellectual side of my brain but it it is different um in that way um so yeah there will be elements that I miss I think the adrenaline rush that I'd get from kind of doing a training session or from securing a really big gift from someone um that you know, it, it's just different, isn't it? Um, and I think it's also fair to say, you know, and I know a lot of working mum friends I have who say this, you know, it's nice sometimes put on makeup, could put a smart suit on and kind of be somebody else for the day and then come back into the house. Um, so, yeah, the element that I suppose the fact that work could give you a bit of time to yourself in a, in a funny roundabout way, Um yeah, it, it gives you that that slot, doesn't it, where you, you don't have to be mum and you're not mum for that little bit of time. You are in your head, obviously, but mm. um, not to the outside world. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, so did you have um, an issue with budgeting at all? Like, mm. did, you, did you plan in advance for the financial hit? Yeah, your so salary? we did. And I think, you know, that helped the fact that, you know, I was in my early 20s when me and my now husband had that conversation around kind of yeah well one of one of us would stay at home and breastfeeding it makes sense it, it would be it would be mum so I think that was probably a factor in me giving 100% to my career in my 20s I kind of how far can I get how quick can I get there um knowing that I was going to hit pause um for a bit hopefully in my 30s um and as a result you know we said when we came to buy our house we made sure you know we've got a beautiful house a great garden um in Sheffield so that's obviously cheaper um <laughs> living in but it, it's a two-bedroom house and um when we went to the mortgage advisor um he was just like well this is what you could afford and we said well no actually we want to know what we could afford on one income mm. and that was probably I think if we were to think about the single thing that we did that has helped us it's that planning in advance because I think I I know I have mum friends who said you know I'd love to stay at home but actually we're in a position where our mortgage requires two incomes mm. and buying the house and having a mortgage was a decision they made before having kids um, and things. So I think that, that was definitely the biggest 
um, dis- biggest kind of thing that we did that helped. Um, mm-hmm. And then on a kind of day-to-day basis, you know, I think I was quite surprised when I went on maternity leave that, um, sorry, that's a growling baby. You can hear a little bit there. <laughs> <Okay>. um, <laughs> when I first went on maternity leave, well, actually, with me being around the home, I can spend a bit of time shopping around either on the internet or in person to get the best energy deals and you know all those kind of mm. household budget things that when you're working and you end up paying a premium because you're time poor and you're both working and rushing around everywhere that you're just like oh right well the internet's up for renewal oh we're just gonna have to renew I know I can get it cheaper but I don't have the time to look at it so I think little things like that help because I can be focused on that um as well and other things like you know we we have one car and we make that work between the two of us um my husband tends to have priority on it when it's a work day um but kids love going on buses and I like walking with them and yeah we we make that work as well because again it's another misconception isn't it that kind of oh well you're lucky if you can afford to stay at home and you know the idea that it comes from a place of privilege and actually you know we we do make sacrifices and cutbacks and we work hard to be able to afford this um Mm. and go about other things it's about yeah priorities yes yes um uh, what about can you describe a typical day for you for you and your family (laughs) yeah so having a five-month-old baby at the moment we're still finding our feet in terms of typical day as a family of four um (laughs) but you know typically ideally shall we say um (laughs) in like monday friday when my husband's at work it's kind of the mornings is when i just i'm one of those moms who i just have to get up and out of the house in the morning you know, the stress of getting everyone ready and everything else. Like, I, I just have to get out. Even if um, my toddler's going, can we just stay in today? The idea of a pyjama day sounds great in theory, but in practice, I, I, no, just let's just get out, burn <laughs> off some energy, and then we can relax this afternoon. So we'll either go to um, a toddler group, um, meet friends, go to a friend's house, go to a park, or it could just be Something simple like going to the supermarket. Um, supermarket near us has recently invested in child-sized trolleys, which has made the mm. shopping trip a little bit longer, but actually a bit more fun um, for my toddler as well. Um, because, you know, the how I see my role as mum is obviously it's caring for him, it's being there for him, but it's also starting to educate him as well. And, you know, going to a supermarket and him choosing, you know, what bread do we want today? Um, and then me saying to him, oh, actually, those crisps cost a lot of coins. Um, should we choose these ones instead? And, you know, have, having a little chat and seeing the world through his eyes as well. So, yeah, whilst we do go to a couple of kind of formal mum mum and toddler groups, parent toddler groups, which are great, um, certainly kind of good for a support system. Um, sometimes, yeah, we might just go to the supermarket and that's our morning out or go to the library um, and come home, have lunch. And then um, my toddler's recently dropped his nap. So yeah, routine shifts oh, no. again, isn't it? There's, <laughs> there's never any, um, things never stay still for long. Um, so I've, yeah, my routine there is kind of after lunch, we might do some kind of dinner prep together. Um, um, maybe do some baking um, or some crafts. And then um, it's a bit of quiet time whilst hopefully baby sleeps and we'll either do reading together 
Um, or, you know, let's be honest, there are days when I need an afternoon nap too, because um, I've been up late at night. So it might be a bit of TV time for um, my toddler. And then, yeah, getting food ready for the evening. And then um, got a very strange toddler who likes going out in the dark in the evening with his dad, um, which <laughs> again, great for me, because that's a bit of my time. It may only be half an hour where they go in the woods mm. by the house together. And it's nice for them kind of have my husband's been working all day so for them to reconnect and I can have a bath or call my mum or get some boring house admin done <laughs> and things but it's just <laughs> that bit of time for me to recollect myself and then yeah we um at the moment are all still going to bed at the same time in our house so that's um a bit of a challenge for me and my husband you know when do we actually get time to have a conversation yeah. or finish a sentence or just be together mm. <laughs> in silence we're still working on that um, so yeah, that's, that tends to be how our crazy days go at the moment. So, so does your toddler go to bed quite late or do you go to bed yeah. early? Uh, a bit of yeah. both. So no, he, he does go to bed late for a toddler. Um, last night I think was a half nine. Um, and then he stays in bed a little bit earlier in the morning. Um, when he was a baby, he's always been like this. So when he was a baby, mm. we joke that he would have probably been better being born in kind of Spain or Italy, uh, <laughs> continental approach of, um you know siesta in the middle of the day and then stay up quite quite late at night but again it works for us as a family because when my husband used to be out of the house more with work he wouldn't be home till seven mm. and so it was nice that we could still have dinner together as a family and then the two of them as I said go and have some crazy time and in summer it wasn't dark out um when they went to the parks but now yeah they've got mm. torches um and off they go exploring looking for bugs or going to the train station they went the other night um and yeah, it, it said it works for us as a family, which is um, the important thing, isn't it? So, um, yeah, so he goes to bed late, but what time does he wake up in the morning then? Uh, about, this morning was about half eight. Yeah, um, so so the, the really good thing about being at home is you can work around his schedule, can't you? If you, you were having to go out to work, he'd have to be up at, you know, seven yeah. and in the nursery and all that sort of thing. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, we've we've just realised that because he's just started going to a great little forest school for kind of half a morning a week. Mm. And I've realised I think we're going to switch from the kind of half day being a morning to an afternoon because I've realised he quite likes his time in the morning to kind of get up and, you know, have his breakfast quite slowly. About three different types of cereal, I think, this morning. Um, play, play for a little bit and then kind of, yeah, that that's his routine um, and then go out afterwards. So I think we might try and switch switch that around and again that's the great thing now that you know I haven't used any formal childcare up until this point and him going to forest school isn't really for childcare it's because he's got an interest in it and I think he's ready developmentally to have that little bit of time away from me each week but I've been very clear with the team at the forest school that you know this isn't childcare so if it doesn't work for him we can shift it around we can try something different I can pick him up early um mm. Because we can, yeah, we can be led by him and go at his pace, settling him, which is quite nice. Yes, yes, you can, yeah, you can, you can put him first, and um, yes, just work around him. Yes, and and do you find um, you're able to make friends yourself? Have you made mum friends? Have you found anyone else who's mm. at home in the day? Yeah, so I think in some ways that was the biggest challenge initially, because of course you know you have that first year and you've only got one child and so you go to every single group going um and you get a great group of friends and you know you're all going through the same same things together and then everybody starts talking about going back to work mm. and 
it's like, hey, you're you're not you're not going back. Oh. And then you're suddenly kind of having to think, oh, well, I want to see that person on that day, but is that their work day? And you can't just pick up the phone and be like, I'm having a disaster day. Can I come around for tea um, now? Um, and yeah, you have to kind of plan a little bit more. And that, that initial group that you have shifts and naturally, you know, some friends fall away. Um, you lose contact with um, others you don't. You know, I, I am lucky that I have got a couple of close friends who um, are in the same position as us. Um, but at the same time, you know, I think our church community has probably become really important to me in that sense. And that's really important. We don't have family nearby, so that's another challenge, you could say. Um, and I want to make sure that children grow up um, seeing adults and children of all ages. So um, quite often, if I'm at a loose end on a Thursday, we might pop up to church for coffee morning and my kids will be the only kids there. But it's fantastic that they've kind of got surrogate grandparents there who yeah. will kind of have a little play whilst I can sit and have a cup of tea and have a chat with someone new um, and, yeah, be me for a little bit and have ha finish a sentence um, for a little while. So, yeah, it can feel lonely sometimes. I think you, you're kind of in the minority decision and yeah for me the first time I felt that was definitely around the kind of when my first form was kind of nine ten months old um yeah you you realize I mean I knew that most people most mums did go back to work but I don't think that I really kind of thought about um how that would impact kind of my day-to-day -day network in mm. that way um and you know that's one of the reasons I've kind of stepped forward with Mothers at Home Matter to try and set up a local group, which is in really early days, because of course we're all time poor and we're all very much focused on our children, but trying to kind of meet up once every couple of months um, mm -hmm. is what we're doing at the moment, just to be able to kind of provide that, that safe space, that bit of empathy for one another, but also on a positive note to meet people with shared values, um, mm -hmm. which is really important. We're doing this without any family nearby which I knew would be a challenge, but I don't think I realised how much of a challenge um, <laughs> in, until it actually happened. So, you know, my mum's coming up tomorrow, you know, she, she'll come up whenever we need her to. And likewise, we go down there quite regularly, but that is a challenge. But I suppose just reflecting on the last couple of years, for me, I think it's a huge challenge. I've realised how little our society seems to value children, but also value parenting as well and mm. I think that's a challenge not just for me but my husband um when he's kind of finding his way as a dad um mm. you know where do dads go to get that support um and yeah you know we can talk about taxation and how you know it's a very boring topic but at the same time money talks doesn't it and when we've mm. got government and politicians who are kind of basing um thresholds for child benefit on kind of family income, which obviously penalises single earning households um, like ours, you feel that actually, yeah, the politicians don't value um, something that we value in our house above and beyond everything else, which is being there for our children. Politicians mm. don't value it. And as a society, you know, it has, has mothering got easier or harder over the years? You know, I, I can't say. My, my nan had eight kids. I really don't know how she did that. But when I do talk to her about it, she says, but the neighbours were always there and they were stay-at-home mums and they were in the same boat. So when the washing is piling up out of the door and no one's got any clean clothes, 
you could just kind of open your door and say, hop next door, go on, out you will go. And your mm. neighbour would be there with her kids. And then likewise, you could return the favour. Whereas, you know, maybe I'm not very good at asking for help from friends. And that's possibly something I've got to work on. But I am really conscious that so many of my friends, you know, they're juggling, they're working, they're, they've got their families, but also they have grandparents nearby who they can ask for help. So I can't necessarily reciprocate in that same way. So, yeah, it's, I think, from that perspective, mothering has got a bit lonelier and a bit harder um, because mm. it, you're in the minority when you're doing it full time. Um, and similarly, you know, if, if I say, you know, oh, my toddler, I'm reading these books at the moment. I really want to help him. He's having a really tough time, kind of meltdowns and managing his emotions. The first thing people say is, is he in nursery yet? Yeah. Now, you know, <sighs> nurseries have, have their place for some families and they have, I'm sure, you know, they benefit some children. But yeah, we've, I feel like we've lost our way a little bit there that that's the go-to that kind of oh, send them to the professionals, give yourself a break rather than thinking, well, actually, no, I, this is my child. It's my challenge that I want to take on. Um, and yeah, so that, that being in the minority is probably the biggest, biggest challenge. It is challenging um, being in the minority within kind of my own network of friends, but also just how can we create a society that will kind of recognize the importance of parenting recognize you know um that it our children need us and um we should be valuing that more celebrating it more and supporting each other more really i really appreciate you um giving me the time now to to speak about being at home no thank you it's, it's always it's nice to reflect you know life can be really busy can't it so it's it's nice to have these moments to um think about what you're doing with your life and um yes, yeah, what, what yeah, the challenges and are and yeah hit pause <laughs> Well, thank you to Lisa, Laura and Vicky. Um, I really enjoyed chatting with each of them. Our conversations actually went on a bit longer than what we've we've uh, played in the podcast, but uh, we had to edit it down. Otherwise, we'd never get off this podcast. Uh, this will be my last podcast for, for now. Um, I've loved recording the podcast and I'd like to thank all of my guests who've given up their time and shared their expertise. Um, I've decided to take a break, even though I've got lots of ideas for other episodes. Uh, just uh, I have just too much on. <laughs> and um, some people know I run a help run a solar light charity called Mwesi Foundation. Um, we give solar lights to school children in Kenya. And I really need to spend a bit more time on that. And I also do a bit of uh, paid work as well. So, um, yes, yeah, so I'm going to take a break from now, for now. Uh, also, I've, it's quite expensive to keep running it, uh, funding the podcast privately. So, um, again, <laughs> I feel like I need to take a break, but it doesn't mean I won't be back. Um, Mothers at Home Matter, uh, the organisation, they continue to work tirelessly to support mothers at home and please do look up their local groups you can find them on the website um, my I've done 39 episodes of this podcast this one takes it up to 40 and I've had over 9,600 downloads which is quite staggering really I don't think it's all my my mum and uh, so I'd like to thank everyone who's downloaded and listened to a podcast and that means there are loads of podcasts out there which um, talk about the things that I feel are interesting to mothers and uh, try to put mothers sort of central stage in the whole thing. Um, there's obviously other podcasts out there as well. Uh, if you're 
you listen to all 40 of my episodes or all the ones you're interested in. Um, there's Mended Teacups, which is a lovely um, podcast for home educators. But I think it's really encouraging for mothers as well as two mothers chatting about the the things they get up to and the challenges of uh, educate and the joys of educating at home. Um, there's the As Good As It Gets podcast, Postcards from Midlife and um lots of other podcasts so there's lots for you to listen to uh, but most don't really celebrate the value of being a mother which is why I wanted to do these podcasts so um, I will still be around on social media uh, I'm on at podcast mothers on twitter although I almost never post on there I'm on instagram and facebook mothers matter podcast and you can email me at mothersmatter at outlook.com. And I'd just like to thank James Ede from Be Heard Productions, who has been my producer throughout uh, all of my podcasts. And he was a really good encouragement at the beginning and has been so throughout. So I'd really recommend him if you're thinking of doing your own podcast. So thank you for listening and goodbye for now. Mm-hmm.